have a really special guest with us today. He, you may have seen him on HBO's miniseries. I think it premiered this February of 2020. The show was entitled McMillions. It was based on the McDonald's monopoly scam of the 90s. And this gentleman, former special agent, retired now, Christopher Graham, was the lead case officer. So let's put our hands together, get a cocktail in one of those hands, and welcome former agent, Mr. Christopher Graham. Hello, Chris. <laughs> hey, Jeff. What's going on, man? I'm, I'm just so honored to be on your, uh, on your podcast. This is what, the third episode or the second episode? Pretty monumental. Well, you, sh- well, you should be. I mean, you, you do a few episodes on yeah. HBO, you think you're... But no, but no. Thank you for for coming. Well, on. thanks. Yeah, no, awesome. Yeah, HBO uh, HBO did right, and they're they're right. Everybody's riding high on it. With the, I guess they've got a couple of Emmy Emmy nominations and, and whatnot. But no, I'm I'm thrilled to be here, man. You know, we don't get together enough. I'm sure. I don't know if the listeners know or not, but you know, we've known each other shit, man, over forty years, which is which is pretty scary. And there's. There's enough. Yeah. There's enough history there and, and material that uh, <laughs> we could we could take up five or six seasons. So, uh, right. but no, man. Hey, and also, by the way, for the listeners who don't know, happy birthday! A day late for you. Well, uh, yeah. August. Yeah. It when you're 35, you're 35. So yeah. I'm just trying to. <laughs> 35 years on the job, maybe right? Yeah. No, man. You act like you're 35. How was it? You had a good birthday. It was outstanding as usual. Yeah. Happy, a very happy ending birth. I mean, happy birthday. Did I, did I say that out loud? You know, honestly, we were together, I guess it was a few years ago, down in Ocean City, Maryland. We went to the Galaxy Grill. I think I had the best surf and turf ever. Remember that? Of course. That was your, uh, that was your 30th birthday, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yes. So, or your 20th. It's just a few years ago. So, <laughs> Chris, I just saw the video you sent me. You're on the beach with your dog. Wind blowing through your hair. The salt spray coming up on you. How's the weather down there in Florida? Well, you know, we're awaiting this this epic tropical storm that they've been talking about. And as you can see from the video, it was it was pretty it was pretty pretty dang nice. Me and Tito, the weather dog out there. Um, outstanding yeah so we'll we'll see you know no it's 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 i'm I'm fortunate to be able to be able to do that so when but well you've earned it well some would some would deny that (laughs) (laughs) some would some would vehemently deny that and i I will not speak on that as well yeah so hey i noticed you didn't spell the uh the uh show name this time would it be would it be Tails with an S or a Z? Well, Z-A-L-E-S-Z, it may be a Z, right? Okay. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of when, you, ladies and gentlemen, when you're searching for cocktails with cocktails on Spotify, that C O P T A L E S with cocktails, C O C K T A I L S, and the the listeners know, you know, we're and please tell me you're having a cocktail. This. Well, what, I am. I am. What? Tell me what? What is your cocktail? And by the way, a forty-ounce Miller Lite, <laughs> forty-ounce Miller Lite uh, bottle doesn't count as a cocktail, my friend. So that's, what, what, that's, what? well, that's a morning beverage. Oh, that's a that's, breakfast. 
breakfast yes. breakfast beer. Yeah, exactly. Um, What's no, your I'm, cocktail tonight, by the way? I am doing some gentleman jack and some ginger ale. Ah, okay, okay. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. I've got a. Uh, I'm staring at a glass that uh, represents me. It's an old fashioned that uh, I make with uh, Maker's Mark and a little bit of rye, a little bit of Jack Daniel's rye, and um, throw in a little. Uh, 43 on top of it outstanding um, yeah you know six or eight of those um, (laughs) see you know old-fashioned it's the one it's the one cocktail to have when you're having more than 15 it's much like when we were on the job yeah 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 did you warn the listeners about like some of the stories that may come out in the uh in the course of this this series that uh maybe maybe um frightening to (laughs) To those with the, to those who have a uh, either thin skin or a, or a romantic uh, perception <laughs> of, of law enforcement, I, I think they pretty much at this stage. I think all the cards are on the table. I mean, you you follow the news, and um, what what do you think? I mean, I I hear a lot of different opinions and attitudes a lot of friends and family have people on both sides of the fence and but i have to tell you i as a guy who spent 30 years as a cop in dc and was on a lot of these cdu details which is basically a riot detail it gets old after a while and if you want to protest god bless you exercise that institutional right as you should but once you kind of kick out your first plate glass window towards your first car you know things kind of change and yeah. um well here here's what i think and, and you know and, and i'll 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 just say kind of one thing about you know mcmillions if if you know if you haven't watched it it's on hbo so you got to pay but you know i think one of the <clears> things that hopefully and, and again uh i i i've always said this and i fully you know i fully mean it that you know the job of a of an fbi agent particularly one work in white collar crime or, or terrorism is, is vastly different than what MPD officers or, and, you know, any, any, any big city, um, you know, uniformed officer corps goes through that said, you know, we're all, we're all kind of on the same side of, of the law, um, and, and, you know, suffer, suffer a lot of the same stresses and consequences. But, you know, with regard to McMillions, I think one of the things that we, we wanted to show and the, the producers did did a pretty good job of it not uh, you know no thanks to me but thanks to some of the other agents who were on it was portraying um, that these are you know these are not robotic mean horrible uptight um, assholes who are law enforcement officers that they were you know are good normal folks who were just trying to do the right, the right thing. And in fact, you know, may even actually have a sense of humor. So, you know, they did, they did a great job with that. So, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know if, if people, you know, got that out of it, but that was, that was certainly one of the, one of the benefits, but no, to your, you know, to your other question about, you know, where we're at the state of affairs. I mean, you and I, you and I have talked, you know, we've talked offline about some of the, some of the many topics that, that we could go down go down and explore fairly and objectively um, about the state of law enforcement, you know, the qualified immunity and training and the militarization of police and on and on and on. And, you know, those are, those are topics for, 
you know, for, for further study and further episodes. But, you know, I, I, I think now um, it is, it is a, an unbelievably challenging time um, for, you know, for anybody in law enforcement. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's sadly, you know, sadly it is, it's, as in most things, it's, you know, the misdeeds of, of, of a tiny, tiny percentage um, taint the reputation of, you know, millions of others who are, are there doing, doing all the right thing. Um, you know, I think one of the things, and I, I won't name names, but, you know, there's this, this commentary constantly that law enforcement, average law enforcement is racist and that, you know, cops are, cops are racist and that, you know, they go out, you know, they go out specifically for the sole purpose of, of, you know, of, of doing bad things to, to others. You know, Jeff, and I know we've had many friends and, and many people I've known who went into law enforcement and frankly, I believe, I believe in my heart of hearts, did not have a, a racist bone in their body. Uh, maybe it was there, maybe there was something, you know, slight prejudice, but, but generally didn't believe that. And you, you know, you, you probably know some of these people, we're not going to name names. I mean, but let's face it, Jeff, we, you know, we played ball together with, with, with a lot of these folks and, and we were all, you know, we were all, um, felt like we were all part of the same family. The, the, the consequence of 20, 25 years on the job in a big city and being exposed to, uh, um, you know, a, a citizenry that, that does not like you and hates you and, 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 you know, there's, they're struggling with their own challenges, but, but that exposure takes a toll on a human, any human. I don't care, you know, I don't, I don't care how, um, how, how strong you may think you are or how um, open-minded you think you are at the end of the day, it, you know, it's like, it's, it's just being exposed to a toxicity and a, and a negativity that, that takes a toll on a person. And, and I, I would just encourage, you know, people who, who dare keep an open mind and, 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 and listen to this, to this, you know, to this podcast and others, you know, keep that in mind that, um, you know, there is a toll that is paid um, in terms of, you know, personality, attitude, <clears throat> opinion by, you know, any, any officer who's worked um, for years and years in that environment. Um, so that's my, well, kind of went down know, a rabbit trail there. Sorry, buddy. No, but I, I mean, Chris, when I came on in the 80s, the DC, a civil servant position was very, very desirable. You can't give away a cop job now. Right. I mean, <clears throat> especially on the Metropolitan Police Department, they lose so many. And the difference, when I came on in the 80s, you could come on with a high school diploma. Now the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department re requires you to have a number of college credit hours or a certain amount of years um, active military service. So the days of just the average guy walking into recruiting and getting these great jobs is kind of over. They've targeted these highly educated people, which in turn has put the department in a position where these young kids are not like me. They don't, hmm. 
a civil servant position to them doesn't really matter because I mean I work with young people that have you know that that are attorneys that have double masters I mean highly educated they can get another job with no big deal sometimes you kind of think they're there just to put you know something on a resume that they actually worked in this urban environment for a couple of years <clears throat> having said all that you know here I am a guy 30 years in DC and have there been times where I've been heavy-handed yeah have there been times I probably should have given people a break and I didn't yeah maybe locked up people I could have cut a break to is there people that I wanted to lock up that I couldn't I couldn't get to legally um so you kind of put it in the mix and I go back as I got older you I guess just maturity wise you you don't you learn not to sweat the small stuff and yeah. hearing, hearing that ice cube hit that glass makes me smile I just nice. want to throw that out yeah. there well you know the, the 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 truth is they hit the bottom they hit the glass when the glass is empty so that that's, that's actually a problem <laughs> they hit the bottom of the glass no jeff i w- i would submit to you I, I am sure you know you 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 said that you know there were times you were heavy handed there were times i i would submit and i i know you as i mentioned you know 40 40 45 years there there were just as many times that you were compassionate for every time you might have been heavy-handed there was three or four times that you gave somebody a break that you were compassionate or you didn't even know you did it but they were inspired by your you know your presence and your professionalism so um again you know we thank you Let, let's go back for a minute though to your you know your comment about these 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 young kids with the attorneys and the kids with the double masters do you, what do you think do you i mean do you think they're there just to check a box and get the experience or do you think that cuz cuz i would say to me on the surface somebody who's got a law degree or you know there yeah i'm sure there's some of them who are going there they want to be a cop for a few years and then they're going to go be a da or a, or an ausa but to me you know someone who who takes so i have two questions really on that on that subject do you think do you think that they are there just to check a box or do you think that maybe they are there seeking to contribute and make a you know make a decent career and change lives one and two if you had a son who was or a daughter who was you know 22 years old <laughs> would you would you advise them would you support them and advise them to go work for MPD or NYPD or Atlanta PD or Dallas picket well, so two, two questions. Know, Chris, what, one thing I have to say, and I, <clears throat> I don't know if you're, if the FBI is like this, but for the DC MPD on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, there's all these MPD sites, you know, and I'm not going to name names, but there's probably 10 or 15 of them out there. And I notice you see a lot of these. I don't want to say old timers, but guys that, you know, retired in the sixties and in the seventies where it was a completely different era of policing. And I, I look at some of the comments and, you know, they're talking about these young kids aren't shit and blah, blah, blah. And if I was out there, I would take my six shooter and pistol whip <laughs> that young and within an yeah. inch of his, and they probably would, but listen, yeah. 
you know, General Grant, this is not the 1800s, whatever. You did those days, the beat release program ended many years mm-hmm. ago, and thank God it did. It probably should have. Um, you, it's a whole new level of policing out there, and these young kids, I think, are outstanding. And I'm sure you have a very small minority that come here thinking, let me do a couple of years, and like you say, I'll jump back into you know, the DA's office, whatever. And, and I think you probably do have, have a very small uh, minority that, that's on the job for that reason. But I think on the other side of the coin, a lot of these young kids, you know, and we get a lot of kids, the majority of new hires are from not in the DMV region. You know, we get a lot of kids from, you know, California, Pennsylvania, upstate New York, Florida, Texas, you know, because we are always hiring because we lose so many people. But no, I think the vast majority of these young kids come there wanting to do the right thing. And I taught a lot of these guys, as you know, I came back, I retired in 2013. I was retired for three years. I came back as a senior sergeant for a couple of years. And looking back, I was there more as a father figure. And, and a lot of these young kids, you know, you're talking about insurance and they're like, well, I'm still on my dad's insurance. And I'm like, what? Yeah, you know, you can be 26. And I'm like, okay. But I mean, they're, they, they would come to me with like, hey, um, Sarge, I, I went to buy a new car. And I think this salesperson was being deceptive because of this, this and this. And it's like I'm dealing with my daughter. You know, we'll mm. sit down and let's blah, 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 blah. So having said all that, I think they're great. And I think the vast majority of them are there to do good. And God bless them and let's support them. As for a a son or daughter, um, I wouldn't actually, I mean, first of all, you have different types of policing in different areas. Do you you agree with that? Uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, night and day. And a lot of... A lot of people don't realize that, you know, they see they see it on TV and they think, oh, you know, one size fits all. And policing, policing in downtown Detroit is worldly different than policing in Crofton, Maryland, and vastly different than, you know, a federal officer, a federal agent in Houston, let's say. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You get I mean, and don't get me wrong. Nobody's mad at anybody. You know, if you're if you chose to take the Mayberry RFD route then more power to you. That's, you know, probably a much easier life than pushing a patrol car in far northeast D.C. where they're throwing rocks and bottles at the vehicle, constant 1033s, officers being assault. I mean, it's like, I don't want to use the term war zone, but, you know, I look at the the crime stats and and the amount of officers that are getting injured. It's it's sickening. Um, yeah. And people say they signed up. Nobody signed up to have a rock thrown at the back of their head. No one signed up yeah. to have, you know, a crowd of 30 people. It's just, it's outrageous. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I would not recommend, um, I mean, my... Yeah, my a, I mean, that's a tough question. You, you know, it's a tough question to answer. You know, would you recommend your, your for a career that you know, meant everything to both you and I, you know, would you recommend your, your son or daughter to pursue it? And that, that is a tough question. Um, and, and sadly, you know, I think you and I both, you know, both kind of lean away from it because of, you know, because of what it's, you know, what it's done to people and 
to my point earlier, the, the exposure to the toxicity over time, what it, you know, what it does to a person. So, no, I, I think that's, you know, and going back to your, you know, your point, your answer about um, the, the, the newer kids coming in, I, I agree with you. It sounds like, it sounds like, you know, you're saying that, you know, technically really, really sharp, incredible, committed kids maybe just not quite as street smart and worldly as you and I might have been. And, and, you know, I, 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 I'm not sure which is, you know, which is better. I, I, when I, you know, when I retired, I ran a, um, I ran a JTTF, um, joint terrorism task force of, you know, a lot of, it was combination of FBI agents and, and state and local officers. Um, you know, the, the younger, the brand new agents and, and, you know, and some of the, you know, the local police officers who were coming in, who wound up on the JTTF were qualified way beyond anything I ever had in terms of, you know, education, skill set, um, capabilities, technical skills, you know, computer skills, language skills, you name it. So, you know, we're, and, and again, I, you know, I think, I think the general public does not realize the the caliber of, of you know of, of, of folks who wind up in law enforcement, um, especially the newer ones. Uh, these old curmudgeons like you and I, yeah, there we're you know we're dinosaurs. But um, so, well, just- you know, it's um, kind of funny you you talk about street smart, and I think kids the the, the generation growing up now is like night and day from when we grew up it was about let's hit the streets let's do some underage alcohol consumption let's try to hook up with our best girl somewhere let's go down to dc or baltimore and see what's shaking i mean these the the kids these days i i don't think they're into that shady risky type of behavior not that we were like doing anything criminally wrong but you know i mean for a teenager to go cruising around in you know down 14th street in dc back in the 70s was probably not the 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 brightest Mm. idea i mean you know but that was hey let's go down there and see what we can get into like a bunch of idiots um and by the by the way the listeners who are younger need to google 14th street in dc in the 70s because now going on 14th Street in D.C. means you're you're interviewing for jobs at law firms or commercial real estate firms. Not very <laughs> very different when when yes back back in the day. But um, yeah, no, they're, they're they're down there ordering up the venti vanilla latte versus the um, forty ounce of Colt forty five that old English eight hundred that we used to. Yeah. Hey, so you, you made a comment. You talked about a. a thing called a beat and release wasn't there another wasn't there another term that involved some hair and and hair care products and shampoo that was <laughs> that was uh part of that part of that you know product? when i came on in the 80s the veterans that had come on in the 60s were all the vast majority were ex-vietnam veterans and when they got out of that car on benning road burroughs avenue Drake Place, wherever, they cleared the street. There wasn't a lot of this 
There wasn't people back stand, and forth. There wasn't no. people standing on the side of the road filming and, and cursing <laughs> at them and standing there with their iPhones and challenging them. Right. No. I mean, they, I mean, yeah. I mean, some of the videos that are floating around now of you know officers. There, there's one. They, they they do a traffic stop and it ultimately leads to an arrest in in you know pretty rural place. Um, and the 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 neighbors, the neighborhood, literally are are inches, not even inches, less than inches away from officers' faces who are just trying to maintain a perimeter. Um, now, how do we know this is going on? Because somebody is standing there with an iPhone filming it laughing they're screaming they're calling them every kind of name under the book that that i i just you know it, it's it's really it's really sickening and it's sickening not just from a you know where we're at with law enforcement but it, it, it's sickening from just a you know one human to another perspective you you just you know you just don't do that you wouldn't you know you wouldn't do that at the movie theater to the ticket guy you wouldn't do it at you know, your doctor's office to a nurse. Um, so, yeah, and well, what inevitably is what has happened is the vast majority of police officers in DC, I can't speak for what goes on in LA or Long Beach or Dallas, Texas or Portland, Maine, whatever, but I can tell you what goes on in DC. And that is, as a police officer, I don't want any interaction with you. I would prefer to have my day, my shift go through without dealing with any citizens at all, without any calls. Because most people are going to be unreasonable. They're going to be belligerent. I don't want to... In D.C., they have a thing that's called a UFER, which is a use of force. Anytime I put my hands on someone, I now have to go do a use of force report, which is probably two or three hours of typing. Then the more UFERs you get, the, then you get into the early warning tracking program. So most officers don't give a damn about you as a citizen. I could, it, but now what the environment you have created is, as a cop, if I see you walking down Wisconsin Avenue at 3 a.m. with a big fat flat screen TV on your back, I'm going to wave at you. <laughs> hey, hello. Yeah. I'm going to keep going because why am I going to stop that person now? I'm going to be accused of I've targeted this young man and for no apparent reason. I'm a racist. I'm a redneck. I'm a surprise. I mean, who needs that? So now what you've done is you've depoliced your cops. They don't want to do a damn thing. I don't blame them. And I mentioned in a prior episode, if they get a code one assignment, which is lights and siren, you know, emergency response, they're going to take their time getting there because they don't want to deal with it because everything they do is going to be scrutinized. They're going to be, and you know, another thing, the, the D.C. City Council just enacted all these new guidelines for uh, regulation of the police officers. And one of them is this, B, I, I refer to BWC body-worn camera footage. We, we have a, an organization in D.C. called OPC, Office of um, mm-hmm. Uh, CCRB, Citizen Complaint Review Board, Office of, Compl- Office of Police Complaints, OPC. These guys are like the, the Gestapo of the police. And I've been down there. It's a complete joke. It's the biggest kangaroo court I've ever seen in my life. And I actually had a situation years ago where I went down there and I brought an attorney with me. And they were up in arms and blah, blah, blah. And... um 
make a long story short, actually, I'm not even going to get into this because this is a whole other episode. Hmm. But to, to yeah. make a long story, the D.C. government spent probably thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars just on me and my attorney. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it was just a complaint. We ended up having to take some lady's kid from her, which that in itself is a terrible thing to do. But, you know, we had a judge's order. And at the end of the day, nothing happened. But just the, the whole ride through that system, it just had pissed me off so much. I'm like, let me get an attorney and go down there. But these guys now have access to a lot of this BWC footage. So if you go down there for, say, Citizen Jones says you call him a, a punk-ass bitch. Well, yeah, you didn't exactly call him that, but we noticed in your patrol car when you were alone, you mumbled, fuck this. So now you've used profanity, even though there's no one around you, that's still a violation. So how about a nice big fat adverse action and 25 day suspension? Hmm. And that's what's going on down there. And yeah. that's- Well, so. and, 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 and the, these stories that are still going on, can you, you know, in addition to the, the, the stress of being a, a police officer, the challenges now coming into the, you know, this goes back to our, our you know, our comments about young people coming in. Would you, you know, would you advise your son or daughter to join? That's a whole nother, that, that whole internal process. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's not as bad in the FBI, but, but it's there. Certainly it's, it's terrible in DC. That's a whole nother, um, a whole other side to the the, the, the menagerie of, of, of stressors on, on, a, on a young officer. I mean, we you let's you and you and I we could probably do we could probably do a whole season of podcasts just on just on internal you know internal affairs and and you know we had OPR and you know some of it's some of it's ridiculously funny some of it's deserving. I mean, um, but but again, that's 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 a whole you know, a whole element to the job and a whole stressor that the general public just does not realize. Um, so no DC police, DC going into work is like, you remember the Pac-Man game when you were a kid, Pac-Man would start at the beginning of the maze and try to make it out to the exit without the ghost. (laughs) That was, that's MPD. I mean, everything you do for me is about liability what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, the least little thing that you least suspect will come back and bite you. And I mean, some of the shit that goes on is just so far out in left field. It's like, what in the name of, what are you thinking? I mean, what, let me, let me just say that I had an incident once. This is after I'd gone back for the second time. And, And let me just say this, stop everything, stop the presses. Let me just make this statement. MPD was the best thing that ever happened to me. If mm-hmm. MPD called me up tonight and said, yeah, listen, we don't have a janitorial staff anymore. They've all quit. I need for you to come down here and mop up. And cl- I, I would do it just out of, you know, loyalty and my, the allegiance I have to the citizens, to the, to the officers. I would do that. Um, you know that I, I am MPD. I bleed MPD. I will support those kids. You know, as long as they're not blatantly wrong, I'm going to support them. Um, you know, having said all that good garbage, I had an incident where an off nowadays people in DC they don't just put your hands behind the back. You're locked up. It's no fuck you. I'm not locked up. 
<clears throat> and I want you to go ahead and fight me and tase me and mace me and use your ass, which is essentially a metal pipe, because I'm going to fight you. And essentially, I see that a lot. So yeah. I get down. It's a 1033 officer needs assistance. You know, the cavalry's coming. We get there. Taser's been deployed. I, I roll up, jump out. Officer yells at me. Remove the, the taser prongs now. Remove the taser prongs. So I'm thinking, technically the general order state that only medical emergency personnel can remove the taser prongs unless it's deemed to be an emergency. So I'm thinking, well, maybe the taser's not powering off and this person's still being tased. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, which, you know, so I'm thinking, well, okay, boom. I, I, I ripped the two prongs out. I end up getting a letter of prejudice for that, and and I'm like, come on. Wait, wait. I mean, so so why why did the officer say the taser prongs needed to be removed? The yeah. officer felt as as though that the taser prongs may still be charged mm. due to the suspect's inability to remain still. So I ripped the prongs out of them. I end up going to internal affairs, and they're like, come. Um, because why? Because you, vi- you vi- I violated the general the citizen, order. But the citizen didn't complain. No, not he at all. He was probably pretty happy that the prongs got oh, removed. No, he was, for- well, he was charged with kidnapping, but that's another story. <laughs> but yeah. so I, I ripped the, the, the prongs out. And so. Wait, wait, wait. Them. You didn't rip them. You, you, you. Gradually. Gradually. Removed them. Remove them no, I, cr- baby, I ripped those prongs out of his ass like I was reeling in a big fat fucking bass. I ripped those. <laughs> But I mean, you know, I did. I didn't do it with well, intent to hurt him. He was a kidnapper. I mean, so. you know, I pull, I yanked him out. Just you know, it's like you get a splinter in your finger. Let's yank it out. So I yanked it out, but you know, it didn't cause any injury, you know, or anything. So, so internal affairs tells me, well, um, you know, you, you violated general order as it relates to taser deployment because you were not. And I said, well, it, it states in emergency situations, and based on the officers emotionally charged demeanor as evidenced by the BWC footage, take the tasers out, take the, or take the prongs out, take the prongs out. I felt as though there was a potential medical emergency. No, it doesn't constitute that. So, um, I ended up getting a letter and I remember thinking, wow, well, that that's, that's kind of adding insult to injury. So, yeah. well, you know, you, you, you talk about you willing to go back there as you know, they needed they need a janitor. Your commit you commitment and your commitment to MPD was above and beyond. And we, you know, you, you may not agree with me, but you know, I watched it over the years. I also watched over the years and, and this leads to, you know, maybe why there is such a you know, civilian oversight and, and, and issues and, and these, you know, internal affairs with M with MPD and others. But I, I watched over the years, you know, you describe, and I, I, shit, man, I saw it in D.C. There was, there was a large, not a large percentage, there was a percentage of that officer staff who really, honestly, probably should have been working. There's some, there's some ice cubes there we at the go. bottom of the, of the yep. glass. Attention roll call. <laughs> All right, units, take your assignment. Okay. We've got to hear the uh, the chugging of the whiskey. No, no, but there was a lot. You know, you you know, you introduced me to some of them. I watched some of them. There were officers who 
their job should have been collecting a toll, collecting at a toll booth, and even that would have been too much work for them. So, um, you know, you, you, I, I think you'd agree that there, you know, a lot, a lot of some of these departments that have wound up having this this oversight, these civilian review boards or DOJ consent degrees and things like that are. And it's no fault of individual people. It's just circumstance of the department, who they hired, their management, the union, things like the union that, that, you know, these, these departments were not, you know, they, they were not the pinnacle of, 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 of fair, just effective law enforcement. There was a lot of problems. And, you know, I think, well, you're referring to NPD back in the eighties where, yeah, we had well, or, or into the '90s, into the '90s, into and, the ni- you know the whole the hiring surge at the at the late '80s and, well, and the, the characters who came on. It, I, I think, some bad apples definitely, unfortunately, made it through, as evidenced by I'm sure you've heard the Dirty Dozen and all this, and we had some people that were less than desirable, and I like to think that those guys, you know, were they. They were called SLAPs, S-L-A-P, sorry, lazy-ass police. And if you were a SLAP, I didn't want you in the car with me. I didn't want you around me because they're a cancer. And um, generally, a SLAP will burn himself out, get himself locked up for domestic violence, or in some cases, I've seen homicide, bank robbery, rape. Um, So usually, they they pretty much burn themselves, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. And... um, and I think the department saw that, and then you know later on the the hiring standards became yeah. much more um, but, strict. But and, the but the people who came in under those stricter hiring standards suffered the consequences of the actions of the slaps and the and the other right. misfits who came in. So right, right, yeah. Oh well, um, we'll figure it out. We got a lot of. I, I tell you, Jeff, we have a lot of, you know, and if you'll have me back, a um, lot of lot of topics to talk about. Um, you know, I think we can we can carve them up in terms of you know relevant topics. Uh, you know the the effects of, of leaving the leaving the force, leaving law enforcement, transitioning into civilian you know, in, life, civilian life, or even into the the private sector. The you know one one of the topics that I I kind of have an opinion about, and that's sort of the militarization of police departments and the you know the SWAT teams, and having you know having been one myself. And, and been in that that scene, you know. I have some thoughts on that. Um, so, so yeah, um, this is this is all good. Well, you know, part, we, part. we'll yeah, we're going to address all that. But, but you know, you, you get into the the militarization of of the police departments. But I have to tell you, you know, I, I mentioned this in, in a, I think the past episode. I, I would see these young kids with the Kevlar helmets, ballistic shields, breech packs. M4s, and it's like you're going into a war zone, and no sometimes you actually are. I mean, God forbid some of the, some, you know, you, active yeah. shield, what are you going to show up in a goddamn Prius? That makes no sense. You're going to get yeah. out with a bullhorn? I mean, like the Navy Yard. I talked to some, I was not on that scene, but I talked to the officers who were there. It was devastating. I mean, dear God. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's there's a guy who's got a book out, and um, and I, I, uh, I think it's off the He's a he's a writer for the Washington Post, and, and generally you or I would never agree with him. Um, 
it's not called the militarization of police, but it's something along those lines. And, and he, he is very, very pro big city SWAT team where for those kind of incidents, for the Navy Yard shooting, for active shooters, there's trained teams who do it. Where he, where he draws the line, and I do too, is that you have, you know, Mayberry RFD Police Department decides they need to have a SWAT team and DHS is raining money down on them to do it. And they're all going out and they're buying all these, like you say, sexy, sexy toys, um, you know, the, the fancy SWAT shit. And, and then they end up having to use them on drug raids and other stuff because they, they don't have, they're not responding to active shooter or, or anything like that. And that, you know, that, that had, that has painted a picture of law enforcement that I think, I think needs to change. And I know many listeners are not going to agree with me on this. Um, but, and, and I'll go, I'll go one step further. I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday when, when there was the, the terrorist shooting in San Bernardino. And if you remember that these, it was, it was a husband and wife. Yes. The guy yeah. shot up, shot up a, a community center, killed a, a shitload of people. Uh, now, now he was, you know, he was out, he was linked to, um, Al-Aki and, and, and some, some Al-Qaeda adherents watched the videos. He had been back and forth to Pakistan a couple times, or back, back and forth to the region, etc. If you, after the shooting, and the shooting was over, was been over for hours, on the news, all you saw were dozens of, of, of look like, you know, armored, tra- armored tank, guys, armored, tank guys, armored, co- guys armored transport SWAT vehicle. teams walking up and down the streets with, with the long guns and everything like that. Millions, and I thought to myself, millions and millions and millions of dollars for something that has already happened. Where the millions were not spent were for the analysts, the investigators, the, 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 the boring, the boring, non-sexy, grind nose to the grindstone work that goes into identifying that guy and preventing him from doing it uh, looking at his phone records and, and that and right. no nobody cares about that that doesn't that doesn't make the news it's not sexy departments you know department heads don't you know they, they hey hey here's here's the here's this DHS money you can hire three intelligence analysts to to scrub social media or you can use that same money and you can buy a, you know, you, you can buy a, a, an armored vehicle and give everybody Kevlar helmets. That, to me, where, you know, the pendulum has swung too far in that direction. But that's, well, that's you know, that's just uh, yeah. my, that's I, one I man's can, opinion. Well, that's, that's a federal uh, agent's opinion. That's an FBI agent's opinion. Whereas me, who's a guy who would be responding to something like that. Yes, let's get the armored personnel carrier up here. And so I kind of di- differ with you on that respectfully. But, you know, once again, we were both in the game. We just did kind of different jobs. And I-, I see where you're coming from, but I can kind of see the other side of the coin also. Yeah, no, I'm, anyway. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you should not have equipment to be prepared to respond to that. I, I, I just think that... You know, again, the and, intel and, is right. a lot to the game, sure. Yeah. Hey, Chris, one thing I want to ask you. I want to. I want to kind of save this for another episode. But where are you going now after McMillions? 
<laughs> I mean, we, what do you yeah. what do you do? Is it you got a movie? Are you doing a porn video? Yeah, you know what's <laughs> hey uh no one no one's do, no one's no one's doing no one's doing any production in Hollywood because uh, of the COVID stuff and. I, I'm, I'm guessing that extends to porn videos as well, but uh, but you know, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe those folks they might have been the experts in in, in doing, you know, I know do, right? doing doing production when diseases are rampant. So maybe <laughs> maybe 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 some of these some of these studios should look to the porn industry to see how do we how do we continue to do production when there's a a rampant disease going around. But right. but no, we got uh, you know pitch pitched a couple of ideas um, working on a. Uh, you know, McMillions is tough to McMillions is going to be tough to beat because it was, you know, it was just so unique, so funny, a lot of content there. But uh, you know, working on a on a on a piece, uh, whether it's a podcast or or, or a unscripted documentary on a, a child abduction case that we had down here that we we worked with with the the, the county uh, sheriff's deputies and real real sad but successful case. You know, hopefully that'll. That'll get some legs, you know. True crime podcasts. There's a lot of them out there. It's gotten to be it's gotten to be a pretty crowded space. So you've got to you got to find like a niche that that makes it a little different. And um, you know that that's that's the struggle. But uh, but no, you know, if anybody you know if anybody cares, I have a uh, I've got a website that's got some ideas and a little bit of my story that anybody can check out. Uh, it's called gmanresources.com. Um, you know, trying to work on, um, you know, one of the things I learned about McMillions and we see it, anybody who watches TV, any law enforcement officer who watches TV gets pretty, pretty damn frustrated real quick when you see the way, you know, the, the, <laughs> the uninformed explains how things happen. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully, um, going forward, we can add some realism without, you know, without compromising the storyline or the creativity but add some realism to, you know, to what's going on. And that's kind of what my, you know, what my, what my site and it's got my story on there. So thanks for letting me, thanks for letting me pitch plug that. that plug G-Man that. resources. Yeah, yeah, All right. A blatant plugging. Um, okay. So, but, um, well, yeah. I should, I should have my next novel out, Shoulder the Serpent. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see where that's going. But, um, Put on a that's interesting. We're, we're going to discuss, um, what is it? Discovery, um, investigation, discovery ID, television. Mm-hmm. Opti- there's there's a lot of murder TV out there. Interesting. I want to get into that with you next episode. Also, what's it like? You know, after cop life. Yeah. What do you you know womanizing drunks whatever? Um, and where uh, and infidelity in law enforcement I think is another important issue. We're gonna we're gonna bring that up, Chris. Um, are you gonna be in Florida for a little longer? Are you going back out to no? I'm, I'm the here, left coast. Yeah, I'm here for here for a couple of months. Till, okay, uh, all right. Till the storm. So yeah, hit me up. Okay, uh, happy to happy to contribute. And um, you know all you right. you know man anything anything for you. Okay. Um, um, we, we go I'm gonna back, we go back a while. I, I um I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this segment up. Yep. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to hit you back in, in a little while, and we'll, we'll Q&A how it went. And thank you so much for being on, and I look forward to talking to you in the next episode. You got it, brother. Be safe. Be All well. right. Talk Bye to now. You. Bye. Bye. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that. That was former 
FBI Special Agent Chris Graham, a pretty important guy. So we're very uh, fortunate to have him on our show tonight. Feel free to, do- to drop me a line or leave a comment and um, be safe, go forth and do well. I am Audi. Peace.